What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the Letterman Lounge for another edition of the Letterman Lounge. It's Matt Parker. It's Spencer Holbrook. And we are officially six days away from National Signing Day. I don't know if you've heard of it, Matt. It is a big time event um, in college football. Um, I think the saying goes that recruiting is the lifeblood of college football. And the lifeblood of this show is, of course, Letterman Row recruiting expert Matt Parker talking about all things Ohio State football recruiting. Matt, uh, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm good. I think this this cold is finally behind me, uh, wow. which, is, which is good. I know it's been a, like a two-week struggle, but we're good. Uh, <clears throat> and just getting all lined up for signing day, man. There's uh, It's actually the signing period. So it starts December 20th, a Wednesday. And ends on a Friday, December 22nd. Uh, and, of course, it's Ohio State. So, of course, there's going to be very many twists and turns and, and things. Probably good things will happen. I'm sure a couple of things that Ohio State won't be happy about will happen. That's not me saying that definitively before people twist my words. I'm just saying there's, you know, who knows. So, uh, <clears throat> and then after that, it's... Uh, going to be a very very quiet time on the recruiting trail as the dead period starts december 18th and i don't think it ends until sometime in january like the end of january beginning of february so um it'll be a dead period for ohio state it'll be a dead period for recruiting uh maybe i'll sneak away have some time off who's to say so things are good things are good uh two things if your favorite recruit does not sign on signing day on Wednesday, don't be alarmed. You could sign on Thursday or Friday. Second thing is you got your Christmas shopping done. Oh, uh, that's what this coming Friday's responsibility is. Uh, I have a list. I've checked it twice. Everyone is nice as well. So like, I'm not comparing myself to the big man, but I am organized. I am just a procrastinator. I've been too busy uh, getting stuff done for signing day um, that I haven't really been in the Christmas spirit, but you know what? That's, that's about to change. That's that a you problem. It is a me problem. And this is coming from the guy that listens to Christmas music in, in November. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I'm Christmas out already. That's, that's what I've been trying to say on this platform here for a month and a half. Anyway, nobody came here to talk about Christmas. Uh, of course, Wednesday is kind of like Christmas for some of the people who follow recruiting uh, year-round. Christmas Christmas will come early for sure for Ryan Day and Brian Hartline, so long as Jeremiah Smith, um, Mylon Graham, and Jeremiah McClellan all turn in their, their uh, letters of intent uh, next week. I'll just be real honest. We don't have to belabor the point, spend a lot of time on this. It's not a, a 15 minute conversation, but how confident are you that all three are going to get those letters in and be Buckeyes? All three. All three. Uh, pretty confident, man. Um, I mean, the, we'll start off with the big one, which is Jeremiah Smith. Uh, he had his Florida State official visit. I saw a photo of uh, Mario Cristobal making an in-home visit to Jeremiah. I'm not entirely sure if, like, I'll be 100%. I'm not entirely sure if that was a real photo. Um, so, like, we'll, we'll see. Uh, all of the all of the Florida schools are going to continue making the push. Um, I can say with some pretty clear certainty that 
Ohio State will be making its in-home visit as late as humanly possible, which would be Saturday or Sunday. Um, and that includes Brian Hartline and Ryan Day heading down to South Florida to see Jeremiah Smith. Just to clear up, I guess, anything that needs to be cleared up. But, like, I don't know how many times that we have to come on this platform and say to people that he is – I mean, he's committed. He's been committed for over a year now. Um, actually, as we record this, he's been committed for exactly one year. There's a story about that at LettermanRoad.com if anyone would like to read. I'm sure we have some sick promos going on to join as well. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I'm, we talk about this like off, off camera, but like I'm really tired of getting tagged in a million – He's flipping to Florida State. Florida State is making this interesting. And my only question to that is, is how? Like, how is Florida State making this interesting? Other than that, you know, their program that's in the state. Um, Tallahassee and Fort Lauderdale aren't exactly close. Like, Florida's a pretty big state. So, like, that's not exactly close. And then additionally, um, this is a, Jeremiah Smith wanted to commit to Ohio State before he actually did. And Ohio State was like, hey, like, you know, do the process, like, make sure this is what you want, because once you commit, like, things change, you know, things change for you. Um, I think when you're a player of that caliber, things slightly change, you know, like, Ohio State has put a lot of faith and a lot of trust into that relationship. And I think it's going to pay off in six days from now when he sends his letter of intent to Ohio State. Looking at the other two wide receivers in the 2024 class, uh, Mylon Graham, I mean, Midwest guy, I'm not, I don't have any level of concern that he's going to have any signing day shenanigans. Um, maybe if Purdue had won like 10 games this year, but even then I'd still be like, uh, yeah. I, I. We spoke with him in September uh, while we were the weekend of the Notre Dame game that last weekend in September. And you talk about a guy that is, I mean, just wanting to be at Ohio State. He's not an early enrollee, um, but I, that's just because he wanted to have the high school experience, which I, I can't fault him for that. Um, but whatever. Um, he'll be at Ohio State this, in the summer. And he's been locked into Ohio State because Ohio State was the biggest program that believed in him when he was not a five-star uh, I don't even think he was like a high four star at the time Ohio State offered him in June of 2022. So um, that's a guy that, I mean, is as locked in as, as you can get. And then Jeremiah McClellan certainly made things interesting in October with visits to Oregon and Missouri. But I think any conversations that have happened uh, between him and Ohio State have have really settled I guess any kind of confusion or doubt or what have you, because once again, that's a guy that is ready to get to Ohio State. He and Jeremiah Smith are both early enrollees, and they're going to be on campus in January doing winter workouts and doing mat drills and all of that fun stuff. And come March, we'll have the opportunity to to see these very impressive freshman wide receivers do their thing. And uh, I can't wait for the rest of the Ohio State beat to actually see this in person. 
um, because it, it it's ridiculous. Like it, 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 which is saying something because like Ohio State wide receiver room, yeah, like you automatically just go, yeah, I'm sure it's ridiculous, but like, man, it is, it is, it is ridiculous. So I, I'm, I'm excited, genuinely excited for our peers and colleagues to get to see those two perform in person. No uh, snafus, shenanigans, like you said, expected from the tight end group. No snafus, shenanigans expected from the offensive line group that appears to be settled now that the Buckeyes uh, lose out on the commitment of Jordan Seaton to Colorado. We talked about that last week on the Letterman Lounge. Go check that out. Um, no shenanigans on at uh, linebacker, we think, but we can get into that potentially. Um, yeah. Corner is already set uh, with – Aaron Scott, Bryce West, and Miles Lockhart. Lockhart probably a nickel. The other two definitely corners as of now. Um, Bryce West maybe could potentially play safety at some point in his career, but they're, they're at least starting him at corner from people we've both talked to. Um, so that leaves us with the defensive line. It leaves us with safety, and it leaves us with running back. And I think those are kind of where the intrigue yeah. happens for Ohio State in this 2024 cycle. Um, just to cover, uh, just to cover something really quick. I don't, I don't think you said quarterback in that, in that monologue, but there is no concern or issue with Aaron Nolan. Uh, I mean, the guy tweeted January a few weeks ago. So like yeah. Aaron Nolan's good. He, he's yeah. good. He'll be in, in Columbus in January. Just wanted to, to cover that. So let's start with the good news, Matt, because I think Ohio, I think Ohio state could be in line for some good news, um, ahead of, uh, National Signing Day on uh, in the defensive backfield with Koi Perrick, the four-star safety, top 100 overall player, um, really good player, just a solid athlete from Minnesota. Um, it kind of has that athleticism that that the Buckeyes were enamored with Lincoln Keenholz for. Of course, he plays quarterback. Koi Perrick plays safety, but um, this is a guy that Perry Eliano has worked really hard to flip. Ohio State has worked really hard to flip, and I, I think those efforts are going to end up paying off. Um, still a little bit of work to do there, I think, but but the Buckeyes seem to be in good position for Koi Perrick right now. Yeah, I mean, Ohio State hasn't been recruiting him for, for a super long time. I mean, they offered at the beginning of, of November, which means they've really been scouting and in contact with him since October because it's usually – anywhere from like two weeks to a month where they build up a relationship and then they extend a scholarship opportunity. In most cases, it's like that. Maybe that was different with Koi just because I'm not going to say the desperation, but because of the need um, that the process might've been accelerated a little bit, but I do know they had been in communication since the tail end of October. Uh, and then that offer came out, I think the first week of November, maybe the second week. Uh, but yeah, he made, Koi Perrick, the number three safety and number 52 overall prospect in the on three rankings, um, made his official visit this past weekend, showed up on Saturday, bright and early, left Sunday pretty late. Um, the only reason why he wasn't there Friday is because he had a basketball game, so could not skip out on, on his basketball game to go visit a school that he's not committed to, which you have mm -hmm. to, you got to respect that for sure. I agree. Uh, and the, the visit went really well. I mean, I heard from people inside the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. I talked to Coy about the visit. And both sides said that, like, it, it was very productive. That was the word that was tossed around a lot, which I find interesting, especially when uh, prospects say that it was productive. 
because it kind of tells you that like they were there to learn everything that they possibly can. Um, and when you're only there for 24 hours and change, I mean, that's not a lot of time to figure out if that place is going to be your home for three years, you know, yeah. like that's, that, that's, that's a big deal. But he, I mean, he had the opportunity to have meetings with Ryan day before Ryan went to New York city for the Heisman ceremony. He got to watch the tail end of a bowl practice last weekend. Uh, spent a lot of time, you know, with Perry Eliano, the safeties coach, breaking down his what his role would be in Ohio State's 425 system. For the record, Ohio State likes him at the bandit position, that strong safety position. And uh, talking with Coy, he said that he thinks that's a great fit because he is, quote, a run fitter and he just likes to hit people. So uh, I'd say that's a pretty good thing, you know, to have someone say, yeah, I just like to hit people. That's yeah. I think you need some of that, you know. I think that's pretty good. Um, timeline is going to be pretty interesting here as far as a decision goes. Minnesota made their made its in-home visit uh, Wednesday. Uh, I, I have heard that another coach on the Minnesota staff is coming in Thursday, so we'll see how that goes. And then, if Ohio State makes an in-home visit, it's going to be in the same camp as the Jeremiah Smith in-home visit, which is definitely happening. By the way, um, I don't. I'm really trying my best to not get like clipped or something like that. You know what I mean? But uh, if Ohio State makes the in-home visit with Coy Perrick and his family, it's going to be as late as possible. I think it just stems from a, you know, do we need to? Um, Perry Eliano visited Coy in Minnesota during the opening of the contact period. That was at school. Uh, and then he follows that up with making an official visit to Ohio State the week after. So there's been a lot of face-to-face -face time over the last 10 days or so. Um, I think if you're trying, and this is just my like my opinion, my take on it. I think if you're trying to flip a guy who is an in-state kid from Minnesota, um, I think you have to get as much face time as you possibly can. Now, Ohio State has a few more in-home visits that it has to make with its 2024 class, and that should take priority because uh, mm -hmm. you've had those kids committed for a long time now. You've had those families committed for a long time. Uh, over half the class, they're going to be early enrollees. Um, so you're having families, you know, have their sons, like you're having families trust son, like trust the coaching staff to take care of their take care of their kids. So like that, that's going to take priority and things like that. But Corey certainly a, a prospect of need to round out the safety class, which has Jalen McClain and Leroy Roker in it. And uh, I reported initially that, you know, expected decision sometime over the weekend, but just based on what I'm hearing and everything like that, if Ohio State is playing, you know, the delay game here, and they're going to make their visit as late as possible. I think that changes. And I wouldn't be shocked if a decision was made like Monday. But I also wouldn't be shocked if it's just one of those classic signing day. Oh, like Joshua Mickens last year, how he had been decommitted from LSU for like a month. And then uh, on signing day, never said that he was committed. Just Ohio State football on Twitter announced that 
Joshua Mickens, the kid from Indianapolis, signed. And I was just like, oh, okay, sweet. So mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be shocked if it was that as well. But I I feel more confident that we'll know before signing day, if that makes any sense. Makes sense to me. Uh, That's my take. If you'd like to go to the Cotton Bowl, you'd like to go see Ohio State basketball, you'd like to go see any sort of concert that you have your eyes set on, you want a Christmas gift for somebody, a last-second Christmas gift, use the promo code Buckeyes for $20 off your first purchase on the GameTime app. Of course, terms apply, but the GameTime app, GameTime.co, is a go-to for Letterman Row for all of our ticketing needs. Uh, we don't buy tickets for the Buckeyes. We, you know, obviously the media badges, but we do go to concerts. We go to Clippers games. So you got, you want the Blue Jackets? You can go see uh, that terrible hockey team play hockey um, for a cheap price. You might even be able to get them for free since you use the promo code Buckeyes and get twenty dollars off your first purchase in the Game Time app. Terms do apply. Um, find a ticket on the Game Time app, then go find a ticket in the same section, same row, uh, on a t- on a competing ticketing site for cheaper. Send that into the Game Time app. They'll refund you 110% the difference. That's right, 110% the difference. Use that promo code Buckeyes for $20 off your first purchase in the Game Time app. Terms do apply, but right now you can get $20 off any ticket you'd like. Matt, uh, the Buckeyes trying to rally the troops for this class, get this class uh, signed, sealed, and delivered. I don't think there's any issues with most of the defensive line class, Edric Houston, um, <clears throat> a couple other guys in that class. It's all headlined by Edric Houston, but there's still some intrigue. I think they're out of the Amaris Williams sweepstakes. We can kind of put that um, to, I don't know if we can put it to bed, but we're definitely putting our head on the pillow. Um, and then Carlin Jones, who uh, a one-time Nebraska commit is still in decision-making mode. He's got a lot of decisions to make, uh, but the Buckeyes appear to be in pretty good position there. How are you feeling about wrapping up this defensive line class if you're Ohio State? Uh, I'd feel better if Morris Williams hadn't taken that official visit to Auburn at the beginning of the week. Yeah. Um, I really think it comes down – I mean, those are the two schools, right? It, it's, it's Ohio State and it's Auburn for the reasons – Everyone, you know, it's not exactly a secret, uh, the the difference in those two schools. It, it's an NIL opportunity or it's an opportunity to get developed into a potential first-round draft pick. Now, that's to say Auburn has had, you know, talented guys go through its program, obviously. I'm not going to be ignorant and say Auburn, like, can't do that. But, I, you know, the audience deserves the, the honest take, mm-hmm. uh, which is – do you want to get developed? And Ohio State, Ohio State could have, you know, its two starting defensive ends from 2023 return for 2024, which would certainly make things interesting. Even if JT, Tui Moloau, and Jack Sawyer do return for 24, you still need depth in the room, you know, like especially with how much Larry Johnson likes to rotate his guys. However, if 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 Jack and JT come back like that rotation, like I do not expect that to be a heavy rotation because if they're coming back, it's because their draft grade was not what they wanted it to be, which means they have to get as many snaps as possible. So playing time might be a premium for a rotational guy. Um, unless it's someone like, you know, Caden Curry or Kenyatta Jackson who like, also need the reps. Like they also need game reps. I really think that's what it would come down to. Um, but from there, like, I, I don't know, man, the Amaris Williams situation is pretty interesting just because, like, Auburn's also in on five-star defensive end. 
LJ McCray, who is also committed to Florida. So we're really watching Billy Knapp's 2024 class just crumble right now. You know, you should see his 2024 schedule. Oh, I did. I did. That is uh woof. That's tough. That is get tough. those uh, coaching hot boards ready, uh Gators online. On hey, can't, can't wait for that. Um can't wait for college game day to be there for the Miami Florida game and a battle of stink. That'll be awesome, you know. But uh anyway, we're here to talk about the Buckeyes, not not about the Gators and the Hurricanes. Although Talking recruiting, we unfortunately have to talk about both of those programs because they really just like to pick off Ohio State. Um, but, you know, whatever. Anyway, Mars Williams is committed to Florida, by the way. Should probably include that in this in this conversation. Um, I mean, again, it comes down to uh, what we've already said. Do you want to get developed? Do you want to – and the thing is, it's not like Ohio State doesn't have NIL opportunities, by the way. They're just not going to – be upfront about it, you know, like that's, that's how it is. Um, whether you like that or not, kind of, you know, tough. It's Ohio state's business, not, not ours, not the fan base. And that's how they do things. Um, so that's the Mars Williams. Uh, I have an RPM pick in right now for Ohio state. Um, that was made at a time when I thought Ohio state was going to get it done. And now I'm not so sure. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, I would say just be prepared either way. Don't be shocked if he doesn't go to Ohio State. But if he does go to Ohio State, don't be shocked either. You know, it's one of those situations. Uh, Carlin Jones, that's really the other name that Ohio State is looking at um, on the 2024 recruiting trail as it relates to high school prospects. And that was an official visit that, I mean, they just knocked out of the park. Um some official visit now you'll hear that like you hear me say that and i'm sure the natural question is well is there ever an official visit where they don't knock it out of the park i'm sure there yes. has been one i'm sure there has been one you know um look at but, look at the last week of june in 2022 yes exactly the the five star weekend that was not good not good um <laughs> but looking at carlin jones Four-star defensive lineman from Bay City, Texas. As you mentioned, Spence, formerly committed to Nebraska. That's a guy that Ohio State has been on uh, since the beginning of October. They offered him on October 30th while he was still committed to Nebraska. And then Ohio State was in the picture long before all of these other schools really got involved. I mean, he's taking an official visit to USC this weekend, which, I mean, you don't you do have some cause for concern with that. Um, just because Lincoln Riley is finally taking being a head coach seriously and is revamping his defensive staff. Um, so, I mean, he made a great hire with the former UCLA defensive coordinator heading to USC. I thought that was a pretty solid hire. I think Sean knew is a pretty solid defensive line coach. Um, and Sean Nua was actually in Texas, made an in-home visit to Carlin Jones earlier this week. So USC is really putting out all the stops right now. Again, I just think it comes to uh, known stability and development, and there's a resume that exists at Ohio State versus, I guess, the potential uh, of, of something, you know, and that's what it is at USC. And also the playing time at Ohio State could be a little bit different because we're expecting 
we're not reporting, we're not definitively saying, but we are expecting Ohio State's defensive tackles from 2023 to head to the NFL draft. Potentially. Potentially, you know, like I think I'll say this, and this is just my opinion. I think there's a better chance that the interior guys play for the draft than the defensive ends. Mm-hmm. That That's my take. And if that's the case, a guy like Carlin Jones, who is being recruited as a three-tech, um, an interior defensive lineman, he has a good chance to go in there and make some noise. I mean, mm-hmm. there are there are guys that are like Hero Canoe is going to be the first name that, that people want to mention as it relates to the interior and things like that. So, I mean, it, it, he's going to have to going to have to fight especially since he's not going to be an early enrollee he won't be on campus until um until june and that's because he graduates in may with his associate's degree as a high schooler so props to you carlin jones you know that's good for you man that's awesome so i don't know we'll see how things go this official visit i i will reach out to him uh sunday night monday morning after his official visit to the University of Southern California out there in Los Angeles, um, and then go from there. But as it, those those are really the only two. And then from there, I think Ohio State is going to have to be aggressive in the portal. But a lot of this really stems on, I mean, and this is more your avenue since it's the team side, but there's a lot, I, I don't know, a lot is riding on what Ohio State's 2023 defensive line does in terms of its decisions. You know, which is why I feel like there's such a bind right now. You know, it's a it's a it's a matter of what are these four guys going to do? And from there, it's OK. What's the portal strategy? Because oh, if, if OK, let's go from here. Ohio State has five star edge rusher, Edric Houston in the class committed, locked in, good to go. Will be an early enrollee, by the way. And then it has three star defensive tackle. Eric Mensa, early enrollee, good there. If it lands Amaris Williams, who is a defensive end, he will be an early enrollee as well. And if it gets Carlin Jones in the class, that's four defensive linemen. And we already said that Carlin Jones won't be there until the summer. So three of the four defensive linemen will be early enrollees. They'll be there in January. That's I'd say that's pretty good. If If 75%... Yeah, that's the math. If 75%, not a math show, as we say often, but good math there. If 75% of your defensive line hall is is on campus in January, I'd say that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. But you're banking on getting those two guys to, 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 to do that, you know? And... I'm just not sure if Amaris Williams is going to head to Ohio State. So that's something that we're going to have to really watch down the stretch. Um, and I know we said we we're going to try and keep this show short, but I wanted to stay within the front seven. I want to go to linebacker really quick. Just because there's a lot of internet chatter about, about this linebacker class. And uh, I'd say for good reason. I mean, it's good reason. So Ohio State has two linebackers committed right now with Garrett Stover, local boy, and uh, Peyton Pierce from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, Lucas, Texas. Both linebackers are great. Like, I, I, if that's a scarlet-tinted take, so be it. But, I mean, 
Peyton Pierce had 180 tackles as a high school senior. Garrett Stover, who missed two games, had 89 tackles. And then half of those games were with a broken thumb. So, like, he had a pick six with a broken thumb, by the way. So, like, that's pretty sweet. Um, Ohio State is is pushing right now to flip the four-star linebacker, Kingston Viamuasa from Notre Dame, trying to flip him from Notre Dame, the St. John Bosco product. Um, you know, I've talked with some folks at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center about this situation, and it, it, it's not for lack of trying. Um, they are certainly making the effort to flip Kingston from Notre Dame. His decision in July definitely took everyone by surprise because he was on he was on a retreat. He was on a, a religious retreat the weekend that he committed. And there were some photos that he posted and he's wearing Ohio state stuff on the retreat. And, you know, you just stack things up, right? Like you just stack things up and you see that and you know, a decision has come in and you're like, Oh yeah, it's Ohio state. And and then it's not. Um, and I'm not going to get into the, the whole, the easy conversation, which is, well, if James Laurinaitis was the linebacker coach full time and, I'm not going to call for anyone's job, okay? I'm just going to talk about recruiting. I'll save that for you and Andy and Tim May and and, and the internet. They can do that. Um, I think there's some merit to that, however. I will say that. You look at the linebacker situation for, for Ohio State in 2024. Tommy Eichenberg, on. In all likelihood, I mean, he hasn't said it yet, but like in all likeliness, gone. I can't see a world in which Steel Chambers returns. Cody Simon announced earlier this week that he's going to come back, which is great for Ohio State. And if you don't think that's great, reevaluate yourself. Uh, so that leaves CJ Hicks, who a lot of people think is, you know, like a lot of people are expecting CJ for it all to connect for CJ. Uh, the former five-star in the 2022 class from Dayton. And then you have Gabe Powers, a high four-star in the 2022 class from Marysville. Reed Carrico is in the portal. Um, so he is gone. And then from there, it's it, 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 it's Arvell Reese, who we've had some people in, in the Woody tell us, hey, keep an eye out on this guy. Like, that, that mm-hmm. that's an option. And then it's the 2023 or the – excuse me, the 2024 linebackers with Peyton Pierce and Garrett Stover, who both are going to be early enrollees. That's not a lot of depth, if you really think about it. Now, I understand Ohio State plays a 4-2-5, so there can only be two linebackers on the field at once unless, you know, they change things and run a 4-3 or a 4-4 or do something else, whatever. But even with only two linebackers on the field, that's not a lot of depth. So if Ohio State can flip Kingston. I think that's obviously a good thing. I mean, I think I just saw it the other day that rivals made Kingston a five-star. So he's a four-star linebacker by on three, um, but a pretty high four-star. I'm pretty certain. Um, I don't know. The situation is interesting. Uh, I do think there is some merit. If James Laurinaitis could be on the road, that it would be a, a, a pretty, I don't want to say done deal because Notre Dame has been, Notre Dame, the, the, the Notre Dame connect there is Al Washington, who recruited Kingston when Al Washington was at Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State, Kingston was the first 2024 prospect Ohio State offered. So um, 
that's a big deal. And it was Al Washington that offered him. So like that relationship is, is very, very tight knit. Um, the, the, the academic experience at Notre Dame is a big deal. Notre Dame, obviously being a Catholic school is a big deal. Um, and then you have everything football related. That's Ohio state. If Ohio state is to pull it off, I think it's going to have to be done by Ryan day, making an in-home visit to California. And quite frankly, Spence, I just, there's not enough time. There's just not enough time. And I, I don't expect Ohio state to get it done, which is unfortunate because Kingston is a guy that they could use um, in 2024, I think could have a heavy special teams role and, and things like that. But uh, I think all it is, is just going to be internet chatter, you know, which is unfortunate. Cause I, I think Kingston is, is a great, is a great player. Um, full disclosure. I mean, he and I have a really good relationship. So I, he's, I know he's a great person. His family's great. He, he would fit in very well at Ohio state, but all signs are pointing that he's going to honor that commitment and head to South Bend. You know, who's probably not going to honor their commitment is four-star running back Jordan Lyle, who all the signs point to flipping to Miami. Um, we're not going to sugarcoat it at all. We don't need to spend a ton of time on it even because that's just the reality of the situation. Like, Signs are pointing to Ohio State losing four-star running back Jordan Lyle. If that's wrong, then, hey, you know, throw a parade because Ohio State will be able to hold on to him. Um, Jordan Lyle is saying the right things um, in private to the right people, but he's also saying a lot of things publicly that point to Miami. So, you know, it's like, would you take his word for it with what he's saying to Ohio State, or would you take his word for it for what he's saying to on three's Chad Simmons? So, like, you know, and that's not knocking Chad at all. He's he's doing his work, right? Like that. This is Chad's like, the goat, man. Yeah, Chad's great, but like that's the reality of the situation. Like Jordan continues to tell Ohio State he's good. He continues to tell media folks that Miami's you know pushing hard to try to flip him. Things look like they're going in Miami's direction, um, but even so, the Buckeyes have James Peoples, four star running back, and excuse me, Sam Williams-Dixon from here right here in, in Pickerington. Uh, well, I'm not in Pickerington, but right here in central Ohio, he's from Pickerington. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I just – I don't think they're going to hold on to Jordan Lyle, and I could be wrong. Yeah, the more, the more you know, I try to gather some notes about it and the more I try to gather some intel. I mean, Jordan Lyle, South Florida kid from Fort Lauderdale, played – I should say played, yeah, because their his football season is over. Ended with a state championship. Um, played at St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, which is a school that's typically been pretty good to Ohio State. I mean, the Bosa brothers came from St. Thomas Aquinas, so you know that's you can hang your hat on that if you're Ohio State. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's taking an official visit to Miami the weekend, both the last weekend before the early signing period opens, and that's typically not a good sign. Um, I, again, that's a decision that I, Jordan doesn't really talk to to many people. Um, so that's that's just how it is. A lot of these kids don't really talk to anybody um, unless, you know, you get in early with them. But I don't know, man. Uh, the more I hear about it and the more I do some digging about it, 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 it seems like as as cautiously optimistic as Ohio State could be, that's how they feel about it. I mean, Tony Alford was down there last week, made an in-home visit with Jordan Lyle. Um, and as you said, Lyle continues to say the continues to say the right things to the people that matter. 
um, which is significant. I mean, you have to, you have to take significance for that. And the thing that like, if there is any way to look at this in a, I guess if there's a spin zone for it, for Ohio state fans to feel better about it, um, he committed to Ohio state and no one expected that, you know, he committed to Ohio state on April 29th when just nobody expected that. I mean, he committed three weeks after James Peoples committed, two weeks after Sam Williams Dixon committed. Like, that was already a crowded class with two guys in it and the uncertainty of what 2024 would look like in the room. Now there's a, I guess, a different kind of uncertainty with what the room will look like. You already have Trip Chip Trainum committed to Kentucky. Um Evan Pryor committed to Cincinnati. Both guys were formerly at Ohio State, went into the portal, found new homes. Boom, bang, bum. Uh, with Terrell Hartson, a, a very well-liked preferred walk-on from Maslin in the 2023 cycle, is in the transfer portal. So right now that leaves, and I'm going to forget, guys, but the only two scholarship guys that I know off the top of my head are Travion Henderson, who has a decision to make. Uh, he put on, on the artist formerly known as Twitter yesterday, Wednesday, that he still has not made up his decision. Uh, and then you have Dallin Hayden, who, I mean, me personally, I'm expecting Dallin Hayden to have a huge 24 for Ohio State. Uh, and I sure hope he does, because he's a very, very good football player. And I can't wait for people to see that. I mean, we saw glimpses of it against Maryland in 22, but like, that dude's a baller. I just cannot wait for people to see that. So if you only, and let's just say Trey comes back for the sake of, of hypotheticals here, you have two scholarship. The math, the math here is pretty simple. You have two scholarship running backs. Ohio State likes to have five scholarship running backs. They currently have three running backs in the 2024 class. Two plus three is five, last time I checked. So that's why hanging on to Jordan Lyle is so, 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 so important. Um, it's worth noting that he is not an early enrollee which I don't know how significant that is uh, because like once he sends in his letter of intent, it is a, pardon my French, it's a big pain in the ass to undo that. Like it's a, it is, it is a big pain to undo that because that is a binding thing. That is a binding thing. And it, it's a big deal. We saw it last year with, uh, oh, what's the kid, Jaden Rashada with Florida. That was a big deal for him to, you know, withdraw that letter of intent from Florida and then end up at Arizona state. So we'll see how this official visit goes going into it. I am not overly optimistic about Ohio state's chances to hang on to uh, Jordan Lyle, number two running back and number 39 overall prospect uh, on threes rankings. But if we're going to try to, again, give a little bit of spin to it, um, James peoples, what, one guy on the Buckeyes board who is locked in will be on campus in January. Sam Williams Dixon is, is a very talented player who is going to be heading to Ohio state very, very healthy um, because he was suspended uh, for the remainder of the season because of some BS transfer rules. Um, the OHSAA continues to, you know, not be so great at times to student athletes. Um so he, he'll be heading to Ohio State in January, very healthy, very rested. Um, 
and we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, a lot of this also is riding on what Travion Henderson decides to do, because then if he decides to declare for the draft, Ohio State's only going to have three scholarship running backs, and that is not enough. That is not enough, especially with how injuries have plagued that room the last few seasons. That's just not enough. And from there, you got to go. Ohio State has to go portal portal hurt, uh, searching. So there is, there's a lot going on uh, and not a lot of time. Uh, it's worth noting that the portal closes, I believe, January 2nd. Is that correct? That's the date. Uh, so there could still be decisions made from guys across the country on on, on what they're going to do. Um, certainly a hectic time for Ohio State. I think, I, I mean, we've talked about this. Other people on, on the Ohio State beat talk about this. The the December calendar for Ohio, for everybody, for college football, needs a serious revisit. Um because having the early signing day in December and the portal opening up and bowl season and every, it just, it's too clustered. Everything there needs to be some changes. We're certainly not going to be the people that make those changes because that is like Helen from Drake and Josh. That is not my job. You know, that's that's just not. That's that's a good pull for the uh, for the younger folks watching our show. But I don't know to put a pin into this. Uh, not rant, but to put a pin into into everything. Um, Jordan Lyle, official visit to Miami the weekend before signing day. I would expect him to – I wouldn't be – I'd be more surprised if he signed with Ohio State than if he did Miami, and that's how I'll end it. The push to signing day is here for Ohio State. Uh, less than a week until – Players are allowed to start signing on the dotted line for the class of 2024. Buckeyes stand right now number two overall recruiting class in America. Not going to make that push for number one, but who knows? Maybe a five-star quarterback will flip to a program that's been dead for 20 years and Georgia will fall down a rung. If that happens, maybe the Buckeyes have a chance. Who knows? We'll see what shakes out. National Signing Day is always a wild time. We will have full coverage of it. Uh, Matt and I are going to go live 10 a.m. next Wednesday on National Signing Day. Talk to a couple national recruiting experts from on three. Talk to some folks. Uh, I don't know. Who, uh, maybe we'll have some surprise guests. Who knows? Yeah, who's to say? Maybe we'll get. Maybe we'll try to get one of these guys who is committed to come on the show. Who knows? Yeah, sure. Let's see. We'll see what happens. We're going to go live 10 a.m. Uh, on Wednesday to talk about National Signing Day. Make sure that you are locked into Letterman Row for full coverage of National Signing Day, that push to National Signing Day, and the push to the Cotton Bowl as the Buckeyes prepare to go down to the DFW area uh, for the Cotton Bowl. For Matt Parker on the other side of that screen, I'm Spencer Holbrook. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to the latest Letterman Lounge. We will see you guys over at LettermanRow.com.